show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, what has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to nine. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Phil My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome home and welcome aboard. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., the Barndominium Co., where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, if you live in Georgia, or if you live in Tennessee. By the way, if you're coming to the pregame party in Charlotte next Saturday, which is from 2.30 to 6.30. If you weren't aware of that and you bought a ticket, you will have a chance to meet Alicia Fields. And Alicia is um, is your go-to gal here in the Palmetto State. And if you live outside of the Palmetto State and you're looking to do something, she can point you in the direction you need to be going in in order to get what you want to get done with the Barn Dominium Co. So check out the thebarndominiumco.com and prepare yourself before uh, you meet Alicia at our tailgate next Saturday. JB and Phil, no JC today. He is uh, got some business stuff to do in Columbia before he heads back to Chicago, but he'll be rejoining us tomorrow, and we certainly look forward to that. We also, though, do get Brad Crawford again today. He'll be on at noon with 24-7 Sports, and we will uh, certainly rehash what Shane Beamer had to say in his first preseason or first uh, press First midweek press conference of the year. Let's put it that way. Uh, tonight, there will be a Carolina Calls at 6 p.m. from Backstreet's Grill. So if you're in the Midlands and you want to get over there and catch Coach and uh, maybe listen to a couple of wanky phone calls, you can do that. I, I'll be honest with you, Phil. I, I can't believe that it's 2023 and we're still taking phone calls on coaches' shows uh, with all the other options you have, but they are. Yeah. Some habits die hard, you know, but hey, I love it. If you don't, and here's another reason to sign up for the bigspur.com because John Whittle, if he's available, will basically live message board these things. And I mean, that's worth the price of admission right there, if anything is. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> if you're it's not keeping up with Whittle, you know, live boarding the, uh, the call in show, then you are missing out, my friends. <laughs> 
Dude, it is so funny. I agree with you. <laughs> it, I, I think was it la- he started it two? Did he start that two years ago? Wasn't it two it's been seasons a ago? Year, I think at least. Maybe it yeah. might be three now. I don't know. <laughs> it was. I, I there was a couple of games last year where he wasn't available to to be there. Um, I can't remember. I, it must have been Alex, maybe that filled his his spot for the big spur. I can't remember. And um, and it was like a major letdown. And I hate this. And that is no disrespect to Alex at all. Like you're doing yeah. it the right way, man. Like you're doing it the right way. It's it, it it has you know, it has nothing to do with uh with your work. It just has to do with the fact that that what Whittle is is you know what he does is it's irreplaceable. So it is. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if you're doing that. Too. I guess I could text John and find out. But um, yeah. none, nonetheless, there's always some moron that that calls in with something ridiculous. Oh, and I, I don't know about you, but I kind of expect uh, they expect something similar this year. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, At least that's what I'm expecting. So, yeah, exactly. Craig, uh, call or turn down your radio. Craig's in the Nana Sports chat box where you can be as well. If you're watching our program, make sure you've downloaded the all new Chief Sports app. It is a place of information and entertainment you can watch our program and listen to it uh, back in podcast form if you'd like to you can do that with jc and morgan there is a special jc and morgan tomorrow as well and uh, bill king will be joining jc and mike in that program so you'll be able to check that there on the chief sports app if you're a fan of high school football you can get your scores on friday nights and uh, there's three little lines in the upper right hand corner if you don't mind share it with your friends and family we'd really really appreciate that even if they're not Carolina fans and certainly support our partners that are in there because uh, those are the people that you need in your life for whatever it may be different different services places to eat catering you name it it'll only continue to fill up as well so hit that partnership section Uh, when you think of something you might need check there first spend your money and your time with the people uh, that we call part of our family around here uh, as well Um, let's see here real quick before we get going Phil from the Nana Sports chat box. Um, they, I know. Look, we've had uh, we've had some a lot of folks wanting us to take calls, and it is something we have we've entertained it. Uh, and I can't say that we won't do it. We might one day, um, but you know, for now, it's not really. It doesn't really fit what we're kind of kind of trying to do. But uh, we hear you, and, and and maybe one day that's something we'll be able to do around here. I have a question for you, though, an off-the-cuff cuff question, now that it's kind of been been brought up uh, by uh, Jamie Churchill in the box, in the uh, chat box, Phil. What is more entertaining, Whittle's play-by-play of the call-in show or the post-game show where those whom have been drinking all day are calling in? Oh, the post game is fun too. I mean, that's you know, that's when you get peak fan, right? <laughs> Win or lose. Is that what know. they call that? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's peak fanatic. <laughs> you come in and they've been into the cups all game long. And of course, they have picked it apart upon one viewing. 
and the limited camera angles that they get and know everything that is right and wrong with what just happened on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's um I I I I don't know how those guys do it. I really don't. I I have no idea how they answer these yeah. questions without losing their minds. Um, I talked to Brent Johnson. Brent used to host that show, and I talked to 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 Brent about this one time a few years back, and I think it was right before he was kind of about to sign off on that end of things in his career. And I said, what do you like? What keeps you sane for those two plus hours after a ball game? Honestly, what is, are you drinking in there? Like what, what, what do you do to not just go off the rails on these idiots? And, um, he said, we just treat it like comedy. You know, you just got to sit there and just, you know, just let them say what they want to say. And if you have information that that you know is true, that directly, uh, uh, you know, what, 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 what contradicts what they're trying to explain, then fine, you've got it, and you supp- you supply that that information, and and then you can whatever. Uh, outside of that, a, a lot of people actually just listen to that show just to hear the drunks and the morons. So just let them be drunks and morons. You know, it's no reflection on you. Just let them do it. And then I, well, you know, I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So for what it's worth, we, there is a, I like listening to it. That's, it's basically the best part of it. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, no, I mean, yeah, that's the only reason I listen to the post game call in show is to listen to everybody, you know, give their inebriated takes. <laughs> Yeah, there are two sons <laughs> on everything. Why else that... would you listen? Uh, exactly. You know, we all just saw what happened. We're not really going to know anything until you know you start really looking into it and digging in, and the experts give you know play breakdowns and things like that. So, I mean, that's right. Just go in there and listen to them off the cuff on that emotion. Yeah, just let them let them do what they do. Yeah, well, uh, it's coming. It, it will begin next Saturday night, and uh, hopefully the folks that are calling in after the game are calling in after a win. That surely would um, that surely would be better. Yesterday at the Shane Beamer press conference, we're going to try to get some video to that to you on that here in just a little bit, uh, so we'll be able to kind of fuss and discuss on the program. The the big off the field news is the fact that prior to the Kentucky game, Darude. We'll be playing at Gamecock Village. That is the originator of Sandstorm. And that's going to be pretty cool uh, because regardless of what anybody in any fan base and the rest of college athletics tries to tell you, that that song became popular in college athletics because of South Carolina. Period. The end. There is nothing else to that conversation. There is no more that needs to be had. I know some people, well, that song was around you know, long before he ever started playing it. Sure, you're right. But South Carolina made it a part of their traditions uh, at Williams-Brice Stadium, and that is now uh, kind of, uh, kind of, you know, ex- expanded itself into hoops and baseball and everything else, and it's also played in other ballparks across the country, and that's fine. But it became popular in South Carolina. There's a reason why Darude has agreed to come and do it live outside of Williams-Brice Stadium 
and that certainly is going to be pretty neat, man. Uh, so hopefully the weather will be good for that. It is late November. It's the week. Uh, that is, I still can't get used to that. Playing Kentucky the week before the Clemson game. Like, it, it is, is so odd. strange. Yeah, it really is. It is odd. Uh, typically, I think I associate Kentucky with right around my eldest daughter's birthday, which is early October. Yeah, that's usually where it falls. But it's just this year they've kind of shaken things up. It's kind of like when they move the Georgia game to deeper into the season, you right. know, because yep. it's like that just doesn't feel right either. <laughs> No, it, it it didn't. It's really not going to feel right next year when South Carolina isn't playing Georgia, Tennessee, or Florida. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is really, you know, such a transition period for college football. And, you know, we feel it right here at home as well. I, I, I mean, as long as I've been alive, there's never been a year without playing all of them. Um you know, so that, that'll be kind of strange. But anyways, Darude is coming. Outside of that, uh, Shane, of course, got into the injury report. I already saw earlier, uh, you know, a comment in the in the Nanosports chat box saying it sounds like Juice isn't going to play. I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell fans to speculate on one thing or another because that's what they're going to do. But the direct quote from Shane Beamer on both Juice Wells and Nick Harbour is this. I expect them both to play. Do I expect both of them to play Saturday night? Absolutely. That is from Shane Beamer. You know, so I, I, I can't. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and open my microphone and tell you, no, I don't expect him to play unless somebody in that program said, by the way, Shane was up there just gaslighting everybody. He's lying. They're not going to play next week. They expect him to play. So that's what we're going to go off of. And the fact that they are uh, going to be suiting up and, and pretty much everybody else is seemingly going to be good to go. I mean, what it seemed like to me, Phil, is that um, a lot of what has transpired in the preseason from an optics view, uh, from you know, look, the injury situation itself, has, while there, there have been certainly some bang-ups, they could all, like, they could go out and play. Uh, yeah. They've just been holding guys out and being very careful and cautious with them, maybe even more so than in years past. Yeah, I mean, and that is probably just being, you know, probably some just some due diligence. Uh, I mean, you know, Juice Wells has great expectations coming into the year uh, to have a fabulous year, not just to, you know, show out for North Carolina. So you, yeah. you've got to play the long game when it comes to some of these like nagging things, if that's what's going on, because uh, I really don't know what's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm not in there with the trainers and I don't know what's going on with juice, uh, but, or Harbor for that matter. But Hey, what we have to go on is what the head coach said yesterday is that he fully expects both of them to play in some capacity next Saturday. And for that, we're, we're going to be very grateful. I'm sure it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know, there's there's so much access now, Phil, and the, if you if you take yourself back, however far you want to go before it really became the world that we're in now, this uh, this you know this we're living in just one big fishbowl where everybody can see in, and um, you know, before Twitter and and all those type of things, Facebook, message boards, whatever it was. I mean, how many times have college football programs, not just South Carolina, period, the end, college football programs, you know, had multiple guys sitting out, not practicing, whatever it was, and you never even knew about it. 
You know, they just went out there and played game one, and you had no clue that so-and-so over there was at some point in time banged up or was held out for precautionary reasons or whatever the case may be. But now, information, when it leaks, it spreads. And, you know, there used to be a leak, and it would make the newspaper the day or two later. Uh, or it would make the 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 news a day or two later, or that, or even that night, or whatever it was. In the message board world, um, you know the, the the leaks that would get out that made it to the message boards years ago before this wildfire of social media. Uh, those were leaks that were put on the message boards by those that hosted the message boards or owned them, the J.C. Sher- uh, Sherberts of the world. Those guys, you know, you, you would have the occasional fan, of course, that would have some information, but a lot of the things that make it on the message boards now, Phil, come from where? Social media. Yep. All right. So, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah. This was on Twitter. This came from so-and-so. Well, where'd that come from? Well, he got it from somebody who he says is connected to the program. Well, who is that? Well, nobody wants to give up sources and fans claim that they have them. And so you don't really know, right? You don't really know. So you have so much information that goes on out there. And when you get into this where we are, you know, that 30-day countdown from basically when you kick off fall camp or, excuse me, preseason camp to when you kick off the first game, there's just going to be a lot of information that floats around out there. And, you know, coaches, you know, they, they, they all address it differently. Some of them won't talk about any of it. Uh, some of them will 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 be very vague uh some of them will be very honest um shoot i think it was last week dude i don't know if you heard kirby talking about a couple of injuries but he's literally talking about metatarsal bones and things like that specific injuries to some of his players and you know shane doesn't do that uh he'll he'll tell you now he's been a little bit banged up or he's kind of got a lower body injury or whatever it is so he's a little bit vague about things but um, you got to think you, that killed Champ hearing him say that. He's like, man, just the dude's got a foot. He's, he's got <laughs> he's a foot, man. Some bones, man. Listen, hey. he's got a foot. He's got a foot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I, I just I don't play the game of second guessing what the head coach is saying. I, I mean, I just don't do it. You know, I, I mean. Again, I mean, we've all got sources. I've got some pretty good ones. I mean, I venture a guess if I reached out and asked a specific question, I would get an answer. I'll say that I have asked two questions on two players, and none of it contradicts what has been said publicly. So that's what we'll go on. And uh, it looks like Carolina's largely going to be pretty healthy going into the game. I think the, the big question of that North Carolina game really is how healthy is North Carolina? Uh, they, they've got some injuries and stuff like that going on in the secondary. We got Brad Crawford coming up the noon hour. Maybe he's heard something on that, Phil, so we can we can certainly ask. But, um, you know, we'll just have to see. Howard here in the chat box, by the way, says, funny how the North Carolina governor shoots his mouth off about the Tar Heel receiver being ineligible. Then the following week, the receiver is eligible now. Did they officially clear that? I have not seen anything officially on that. I know, I mean, JC said it's more than likely going to happen. I mean, I, I would I would imagine it's going to happen. But, I mean, the NCAA moves in their own time. Yeah, I, uh, 
I haven't seen anything official unless it has happened no. in the last 15 minutes. But um, so, Howard, if you've got something official that we don't have, you know, make sure you send that along. Yeah, drop a link in the chat there. We'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, something that's uh, that would be not hearsay. <laughs> All right, uh, it is 11.22. We are teed up by the coolest club in the Carolinas. I was standing outside dropping the kids off at school this morning talking uh, to uh, to somebody I know over there, and it felt like football. There was a breeze, and it was cool. Not cold, but it was cooler. And all I could think about was this feels like football. So hopefully it stays that way. We know that it won't. Uh, but certainly looking forward to the fall. Got to hit a timeout. Again, Brad Crawford is ahead. Plenty on South Carolina. And how about some under-the-radar national games in week one? We know all the games everybody's talking about. What about the ones they aren't talking about that you could cut your TV on and think, wow, it might be a little bit better than I thought it would be? We'll get into some of that as well. Hang tight. Inside the Game Cox, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned, Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. They're fighting Gamecocks are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. The raid breaks out of Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy.
Eleven twenty-six, August twenty-third. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Matt Vaughn runs an incredible business. So if you're in the state of South Carolina and you own one, you need a new sign. Maybe it's on the building. Maybe it's uh, a banner. Who knows? Whatever it is, if it's a sign, they can do it. Sinorama.com, 803-407-9284. You tell Matt that we sent you. Give him a hug for us. He's a good man. He's a great Gamecock, by the way, too. Gamecock owned and operated. All right, uh, Daniel Hill yesterday pushed back his announcement, um, Phil, and uh, I am not a recruiting reporter, so I'm just – balling up the things that have uh, been said by Hale McGranahan and spouting them off, which all of you have more than likely probably already read. Uh, And if you have not, then um, here it is. Here's the latest update, which is as of last night. Um, Basically, it sounds like somebody in the family, more than likely the father, because I understand he's big on Daniel Hill staying closer to home, which would mean Alabama, if that's possible, uh, has kind of encouraged him to take a good, long, hard look at this and not just commit if you're not rushed to commit to a program. Uh, In addition, though, uh, regardless of what uh, those uh, wanted to jump to conclusions over yesterday, um, NIL is not a factor with this. And if it is, it's very, very minimal. But it's not like somebody just came in and said, well, they've given more money than South Carolina. So let's, that's not true. So if somebody is tweeting that or saying that wherever, they're wrong. That's incorrect. Um, but, you know, Carolina's in a really good spot, Phil. So could he be waiting and taking visits this fall? That That's kind of what it seems like it's kind of going to come down to uh but um could he also turn the corner and decide to go ahead and commit wherever yeah he he could but it looks like this is going to draw out a little bit longer certainly not something that carolina fans want to hear or feel and i understand that totally it would be a nice shot in the arm to have him in the bag before you kick off next week against North Carolina. Some some good momentum overall for the program. Has nothing to do with what's going to happen on the field next week. Uh, but yesterday, certainly, it was a surprise. And, and I know those that have been following and covering his recruitment very closely, uh, Phil, I know that they were greatly surprised by that as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, and here, listen, it, these decisions on where to go to school for these kids are so much bigger uh, even now than than – all the NIL talk and influence would have you believe. I mean, it still comes down to family relationships, relationships with coaching staffs. I mean, relationships are the number one motivator in, in any sort of decision like this. Um, you know, I know it's hard to hear. And, you know, when, when everybody, when you, when you keep hearing the rumors and seeing the, the who knows who on the internet posting about getting the bag and, you know, got to get it bigger and it's got to be bigger and badder than the next guy. But this is a huge decision for a 17, 18 year old kid, you know, because if you're in it to play the game, I mean, you know, you, you want to, especially if you're at the top level and you're four or five star recruit, you're like, okay, well, I got to put in three years and then I'm off to, you know, hopefully fulfill my dreams of being in the league. And, you know, 
everybody around you in that little circle of yours is giving you their opinions and you've, you know, trusted mm-hmm. what they've said for years and years and years as a child, because they're your parents. <laughs> and, you know, when they tell you to consider it, you're going to consider it. So, you know, I don't mind them taking some deliberation time and, and listen to me. You've got until signing day and in February, <laughs> you yeah. don't have to do the early one. So, I mean, it's not something that is going to be rushed. And I know it's been months and, and I think I saw that in the chat box it was like rushed. It's been six months, but I mean, Hey, he's, he's got six more that he could use to consider it. And if it takes that long, it takes that long. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it John is the one who said that in the chat box here, rush. This has already been going on like six months. Good grief. Understand your perspective yeah. as a fan. Yeah. Um, I guess my my question to you would be: Have you ever been highly recruited by a college football program, and what is that process like? You know, if you don't mind, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk, um, but if you don't mind, explain to us what that process is like, and and how your timeline was, how you believe that the timeline in which you would commit to a program uh, would differ from Daniel Hills. Uh, just out of curiosity. Uh, if not, then then I think that um, you know we need to not necessarily be judgmental because he might not be ready. And and as Quantrell said just a minute ago, not going to lie, I would want to take fall visits. I would too. I like yeah. that too. It was like, yeah, I'd show up in every SEC stadium I could, <laughs> every one of them that would host me. I can tell you right now that if I was a growing up how I grew up, if I was a big time prospect in college football uh and i knew in my heart i'm gonna be a gamecock that's what i'm gonna do kind of like i don't know luke Doty. you know if, if they recruit me there's nowhere that i'm going except for south carolina i would still take official visits Shoot why not why not um you know you i'm not saying that i would go anywhere else but I'm just saying I'd still take the officials and enjoy the process and go see some ball games and let them wine me and dine me and and things of that nature. And um, I guess you never know what that could open you up to. You might you might think that what you thought all along was not exactly what you wanted to do. Now, I certainly don't hope that's the case here for Daniel Hill. As a fan, you want to see him in Garnet Black, and he's a guy who probably will come in and help him pretty quickly. But, um, but, yeah, but I, I mean – well, I was going to say, remove name and affiliation out of the circumstance. Yeah. You know, it was like human. One of the primary reasons of getting into a university is to not just get the education and the diploma or the playing time and the ability to move up. It's the networking and, and people that you're going to meet. So that process gets to start a little, a little sooner for elite athletic prospects and that they get to begin that level of networking while they're in high school. It's one of the bigger reasons to get to know other coaching staffs. And what if you go, what if you show up to a school, your coach leaves after a first year, if you have zero familiarity with any other programs around, then are you, are you just, stuck if if you don't like the direction that the program's going to go in after your coach leaves even though you get a free transfer mm-hmm. i mean so yeah i mean it just makes sense network yourself get out there go see more go introduce yourself to more people it's not yeah. what you know but who as grandma always said exactly and clint asked you know but wouldn't he have known he wanted to take more visits before now yeah i'm not saying that he didn't i i uh i i i think that what happened 
what happened in this situation here again, based on reporting and just kind of chatting with a couple of people yesterday that South Carolina is in a really, really, really good spot. Um, but this kid just, and it's, and it's not a similar situation. Literally, this is a direct quote. This is not similar to Jonathan Paler. And I know there's going to be PTSD out there for fans. I get that. Totally understand it. Totally understand it. Should be. Understand that. It's happened a couple of times. And that's the world we're in now in recruiting. And, um, you know, you got two things going up with this, with, with Shane Beamer. You got, you're going up against a couple of things now. One, you've got a different world of recruiting, right, when you got all the NIL stuff involved. Two, they are, they are really good at what they do. And they're so good that they're in the mix with the best players in the country and they're fighting Alabamas and Georgias and Ohio States and all these big time programs that occasionally you would fight a team you, you would fight over a player for. It's pretty. It's much more consistent now than it ever has been. They're getting in the door with the best players in college or in high school football that they want to get in the door with, and so they're going to lose some of those battles. And I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying they're going to lose this battle. I don't think they are. I think they're going to win it. I think it's going to win out for for his, Shane and his staff. Um, but I, I think that they're in a, it just seems right now that Daniel Hill decided, you know what? I don't have to commit, so I'm not going to, and then I'll do it when I'm hundred percent ready. I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, now you don't have to be all vocal and open about it and be like, respect my decision and fight back with yeah. the, you know, the idiot fans in your DMs who are, you know, berating you and telling you, you know, where to go. But, you know, hey, the process is yours. You know, do it your own way. I, I don't mind that. But, think about yeah, it. Think about it. Think about it like a wedding. You know, you set your date to get married and then you get to the day before. Would you would you rather get married and go, I don't know if I should have done this? Or would you rather the day before, although it's going to kind of suck and you feel like you're going to piss off a lot of people. You know, I think we're going to push this thing back a little bit. That's right. That's right. Hey. Well, why is that? Just rip well, that bandaid off, you know. I was kind of thinking I might want to. Dad's going to be real mad at you, but. Yeah. <laughs> Clint, Clint, that's going to be our new. Uh, that's gonna be our new uh our new comp when we have this conversation. Well, you know what? I do want to get married to you. I do. But what I was thinking was over the next th- three or four months, I might go on a few dates just to make sure that you and <laughs> I are right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm all yours. Like, trust me, like it's gonna be me and you at the end of the day. But I, I just want to go on a few more dates. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Well, as BRT. fathers of daughters, you know, yeah, that's real great in the hypothetical, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you hear that, honey? Hashtag respect my decision. Respect my decision. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least we knew before we tied the knot and everybody got tangled up in something they didn't want to be in. I don't think yeah. that's the case at all with, with Daniel Hill. No. Matter no, of fact, is, if they land him, uh, and again, I'm pretty I think they, they will land him ultimately. Uh look, the the Matthew Fuller kid, as this fall goes on, um, 
there's probably going to be some eyeballs that get a little bit wider when they see his his clips and what type of football player he is, Phil. He's he's pretty good, and I know they really like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just go, just go watch the clips of the guys that have already, you know, verbally committed, and you'll start feeling better about what it is that's coming in. You know, I mean, yeah, you didn't see that like Maisie Oprah Bennett had a great performance Friday, yeah, <laughs> up here in Greenville taking down Dorman. Uh, I mean, multiple times he's back behind the defense, uh, just blazed them. So, I mean, you know, but listen, it, it's. It's a tough decision for these kids. It's got to be even harder when you got family members, you know, pulling you in different directions. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the decision will get made, and and then we'll be able to actually talk about it without having to speculate. But as of right now, everything everybody's hearing is South Carolina is still in a good position with Hill. Pretty good spot. There's no doubt. I love this. Uh, this is a great name. Grew up watching this guy. I'm glad it was brought up. It's the first. I've been in media for 10 years. And this is the first time this name has ever, ever come on a show of mine. ESPN, JB and Goldwater are here. I'm going to read it in the chat box. Ken Martin, my high school best friend, was recruited back in 96. He ended up at Carolina. But even back then, the process was stressful. John Stamper, defensive <laughs> end, enrolled in 97. I remember John Stamper. Uh, I always remember thinking that is a great name for a defensive end. John Stamper. Yeah, that's all name team for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That is really neat uh, to know that that's uh, that Ken that that's your buddy. Yeah, I felt I felt like I talked about every Carolina football player ever, and never has John Stamper's name come up. So that is really really cool. Um, so <laughs> hat tip there. Uh, Howard says family's tough to beat when it comes to recruiting. Look at Jaheim Bell and his mom. Yeah, and his. Was that his uncle? Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's tough. These kids, I mean, they're making lifetime decisions when you're, you know, still developing. I mean, it's, you know, I don't envy them. Yeah. No. Uh, it kind of is what it is. And we'll go from there. I, I uh, people at you too now. I mean, like real big money if you're top recruit. So, yeah, got to be stressful. <laughs> It's a lot different than it used to be. There's no doubt. Uh, Bruin Nation, what's up, man? He said, we need depth. Uh, that's the knock on Hardesty. Lands one guy's cycle. We're going to continue to be short uh, in that room. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we, we cycling over. So we, we got we to wait and see kind of how it all plays out here. But um, you got good, some young local story. guys coming up, too. I mean, South Carolina guys, running backs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah, you'd like to think not going to be immediate next year, but yeah, yeah, that's the prospects are good. Just, just keep this train rolling. Yeah, you would like to think that if uh, an offer is extended to either Marquise Henderson or Ladanian Martin or both, and there's a chance that both will receive an offer from South Carolina, um, that both would be uh, uh, very much on commitment alert or watch, uh, because if you're running back in this state right now and you're a good one. You're probably well aware of the situation that South Carolina uh, is kind of in, but um, that's that's where it is. All right, uh, Quantrell says Josh Simon, Carolina, is uh, good at tight end. I guess I must have missed something up there somewhere, but we were getting into the conversation about tight end any, anyway. Yesterday, listening to Coach Beamer talk about Trey Knox 
Phil, I couldn't help but think now different body styles, um, of course, and I, I would say different players, but the more that I heard Shane talk about Trey, it actually very much made me think they have they're kind of similar players. And you don't really have to go back that long, as in just one season ago, Nate Atkins, because what what Shane was saying yesterday about Trey Knox, it more caught my attention about what he does without the football than what he does with it. We know what he does with the football. We've seen that. Those are the things that make the highlight tapes. We've seen all of that. Um, but rarely does it make the tape or the conversation when you've got a tight end who is selfless out there throwing blocks and understanding what's going on, being able to kind of be a coach on the field. Generally, your coach is on the field or your quarterback in your center if they're good, and Carolina's pretty good in that aspect. But he just kept going on and on about all of these attributes that Trey Knox, uh, Phil, is bringing out onto the field, but with the caveat of, well, we know he can catch the football. And I know he's good. Yeah. You know, I, you, you, you flip, go back to Nate Atkins for a second and, and, and think about this for a second, right? We didn't really know that Nate Atkins could catch the football. And we knew he could catch it. I mean, come on, I'm not an idiot. But yeah. like at the level in which he could, he could be a receiving style tight end until the last less than quarter of the season. We, we thought he was a role player uh, based on the offense they were running. What you want to call it that? You know, he was kind of in there to, 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 to block guys and, uh, you know, provide some extra beef out there and, and running lanes and this, that, and the other. There just was never really any buzz on that Nate Adkins could be an elite catching Type tight end. And of course, the big moment for him clearly was the catch in the Clemson game uh, that kept the drive moving along. They would ultimately score on that drive. And uh, and South Carolina was kind of off and running on, on the offensive side of the football in the upstate. Well, now you've got uh, Trey Knox, right? And and again, by the way, Josh Simon has been my if anybody's listened to me since February, I've said I've said his name a thousand times. I don't think yeah, I've been hot on the Simon turn. Yeah, yeah since so, day yeah. one. I mean, like mm -hmm. he, he, he kid can play. I know he can play. He's going to play, and he's he's going to be. He is just flat out going to be a guy. But like with Trey Knox, the comparison to to Adkins is, I'm comparing the two, and I'm doing it because it's very unique. Because we have known all along that Trey Knox can go out and catch the football, but what we've learned over the last couple of weeks about this kid, Phil. Is what he does without it. And that was Shane's point of emphasis yesterday. So you'd like to think that they feel really comfortable about the fact that both of these guys, not only they can, can they go out and get it, but they're going to provide all that extra stuff that you need out of that position to make an offense click both both ways, running and throwing. Yeah, yeah. And I, what was funny is I was sitting there in the car line yesterday watching the Beamers press conference and – he was talking about Trey Knox, and I kept, I kept, I just kept thinking, I'm like, okay, roll this back one year. Roll this back one year. What were we hearing out of preseason about the number one tight end on that team? That Jaheim Bell 
wasn't really a tight end. We were having to get him up to speed on the what to do when you don't have the ball in your hand. This was, at, you know, leading into that whole season last year. And it's just night and day from what we're hearing out of the the newly revamped from the ground up tight end room that you've got coming into the 2023 season. And quite frankly, made me feel a lot better about the position moving in. You exactly like there's, there's been more comparison of these tight ends to Jaheim Bell. And, and I think that's incorrect. I think it's Nate Adkins. I think he's the comparison. I don't think there is a comparison with Austin Stogner. I mean, no disrespect to that young man. Best of luck this year at Oklahoma. And he's had an outstanding collegiate career. I wish it would have, you know, truly worked out. And and clearly that was a little bit frustrating to Shane when he was asked about Stog, you know, a while back. Um, But I, I, I think that these guys, when you think about what is a true tight end, these guys more resemble what they what they lost and what we saw late in the season with with Nate Atkins. I think they're better than Jaheim Bell. Uh, and again, I don't mean that disrespectfully. We're just, you know, that's part of what we do around here. We talk about some of this stuff. Jaheim Bell, I, I, I wanted the football in his hands, deserved it. He's elite with it. There's no doubt. He proved it. I mean, oh my gosh, guys, incredible. He's probably going to be incredible for Florida State. And I know that. A lot of fans sure as hell hope he's incredible for Florida State in week four when they head to the upstate to take on Clemson. Um, it'd be neat if you're Jaheim Bell to get two wins in Clemson, by the way, in about a 10-month span. That'd be something. Yeah, but, that's right. <laughs> but these guys more resemble Nate Atkins the fact that they're complete football players. Yeah, they can go get the ball, but also they'll do everything that it takes without it. I don't think you're getting that out of Jaheim. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you know, I mean, nobody's taken away from him that he was a, a stellar athlete. And, you know, the biggest drawback, I think, was the the mismanagement of how he was used last year uh, from an offensive coordinator perspective. Uh, but, you know, you're right in that the type of player that you've got in there now is more like that all-around football guy who knows what to do with the ball and without the ball in their hands. Yeah, because tight end, you have to be a smart player to play tight end because you've got to know blocking schemes. You've got to know route assignments. You've got to know. I mean, there's any number of things you have to know to successfully execute that position. And what we're hearing is exactly what you want to hear. Right. Absolutely. Uh, By the way, uh, speaking of Trey Knox, this is pretty neat. Uh, Phil Steele has released the 2024 Senior Bowl watch list south carolina has the fifth most players in the country on the senior bowl watch list fifth most tied with lsu 16 players are on phil Steele's reese's senior bowl watch list and we don't have time but i'm gonna do it anyways name every one of them debo williams juice wells jordan strawn david spaulding josh simon Spencer Rattler, Eddie Lewis, Xavier Leggett, Trey Knox, Tariq Johnson, Tonka Hemingway, Nick Gargiulo, Marcellus Dial, Amarian Brown, Mario Anderson, and Drew Tuazama. All of them have been named to the watch list here, which is pretty neat. And it goes back to the stat we rolled out a few weeks ago about the experience on the offensive side of the football at the skill positions, because I pretty much just named every single one of guys, uh, Phil, but it also 
it also kind of stands out the fact that you've got Mario Anderson, uh, transfer running back on this list from Newberry, who has kind of flown under the radar a little bit here. I know he's performed well and he's going to play, but has certainly flown under the radar just a little bit. And guess the the last name that I just mentioned, Drew Tuazama, uh, the transfer from UAB. The guy's been here for 48 hours, and he's on this list as well. So that should tell you the type of depth that he's planning to add uh, to South Carolina. The fifth most in the country, uh, the most, by the way, Ole Miss has 20 players on that list, followed by Tennessee with 19, Michigan with 18, Oregon with 17. So pretty elite company for the Gamecocks there with 16 along, alongside LSU. That's pretty neat. Uh, so hats off to all those guys as the season is set to crank up. All right, it's 11.51, final timeout of hour number one in 10 minutes. We'll be joined by Brad Crawford with 24-7 Sports as well. Under the radar national games to get to. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, it's powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. You can go up to 28 miles per hour on a bike. Grab a beer and take a ride. How about that? ElectricBikesCharleston.com. We'll be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, final segment of the first hour here. JB and Phil with you. JC taking a travel day, has a few important meetings prior to hitting the road as well. And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for your upstate residential real estate needs. Now, we were out in downtown Greenville last night, JB. Had a good time with the family, what Ooh. we call family date night. So you get out, you know, like midweek, every, all four of us went out, went down to Mellow Mushroom, downtown Greenville, walked mm-hmm. in, sat down, 
and we're going over the menu, figuring out what we wanted to eat. And a guy walks up and is like, Hey, you want to play trivia? And, uh, without a thought, my wife's like, yes, <laughs> said it so fast. He was like, well, are you here for trivia? And we're like, no, <laughs> we just showed up to have dinner, man, <laughs> but we'll play your trivia. Go right ahead. Are you? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Why <laughs> so are you here? There. Yeah. We get the, he hands us the papers and all of that. We're in there. We feel pretty confident. We're, we're doing really well. We know in the first round, I don't think we missed a question at all in the first round, get to the intermission. We're tied for first and then proceed to continue on our domination right through to the end. And then they've got the last question set up as a, you know, kind of like a final jeopardy, if you will, that you get to know the category and you get to wager, you know, however many of your points there are. Uh, that you have available is what your final bid is. And of course, you know, you got to let it ride. So <laughs> we put all the points on there, nailed the last question and walked out with $25 off my dinner last night. All right. <laughs> man. I love it. And what was great is we all four contributed. My, even my youngest got a, a music question. Correct. She was like, I know this song. I know this song. <laughs> I'm like, well, all right. So yeah, yeah. way to go. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Ah, see, that's how you, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's mad, mad dog at his best right there. That was it. That's it. Mm -hmm. The, the Mullinax, the Mullinax family takes Greenville. That's right. That's takes right. Downtown. Nobody messes with the family. <laughs> mad, mad dog does downtown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll storm it with or without the kids. <laughs> This is my town. You hear it's that all y'all up here that are moving in? <laughs> great. Greenville's ours has been ever since we were born. This is my town. It's my town. Great song. Well, congratulations to, and uh nice choice on the pizza, by the way. You did get pizza, right? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had appetizer wings and then ate pizza. Oh yeah, it was good. We had a great time last night. Good food. My wife is actually headed out of town this weekend and um, I've got daddy daughter stuff from Friday till Sunday afternoon, whenever she returns and I'm already planning, you know, okay. We're getting good pizza. Oh, We're yeah. going to do cinnamon rolls, homemade Saturday morning. Mm. You, know, gotta, you know, I know that uh, we'll probably go to the pool mid Saturday morning and uh notre dame navy's on at 2 30 and i'm just itching for football so i want to make sure we're back to watch that so what do i want to do i want to put something on the smoker do i just want to do maybe some smash burgers you know eat all the the junk because when she's home during the week you know we're, we're we're eating you know pretty pretty healthy stuff yeah 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 you gotta live it up you gotta live it up when the wife's away especially with the girls too yes yeah, like yeah we, we always have a good time end yeah. up eating eating things we shouldn't and having a good time oh yeah yeah yeah. well that's what that's i'm doing that's, all about. <laughs> that's right you know if i tried to do cinnamon rolls and carries here she'd be like no nah, i don't want one that's fine i'm just gonna have this beet with a with a half an egg and a strawberry mixed together <laughs> or something ridiculous that's right yeah sure hun i'll cook the chicken it's okay cocky joe is a marco's guy my mom loves marco's she she literally like loves marco's hmm. um Clint, Clint's not a big fan of mellow mushroom. He said he's a Bertolo. Oh, yeah. It's all right. I've had better, but it was it, it tasted even sweeter off the victory last night. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. 
we don't all have to agree. It's America. No, if no. you don't, you know, if we it, on this show, if you disagree with us, we don't cancel you. It's okay. No, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> okay, wait. Clint said Marco's the worst. Cancel him. I'm done with this. Okay. <laughs> we take that He's, back. Yeah, right. Okay. Two seconds. We're, we're, we're trying to give you some leniency. You're out. You're get it. Get down. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I like Marco's. I do like Marco's. It's not where I. I mean, we we we. There's a place on where I live on John's Island called JI Pizza. And when you order the large pizza, I'm not kidding. I'll take a picture the next time I go there and I'll tweet it. It doesn't, you can't put it in the, I can't put it in the front seat of my truck unless it's, Oh wow. And, yeah. The slices are, you only eat one slice. I mean, they're, I don't even know how to, they're like eight, you're huge. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. It's hard to eat more than one slice. So that's awesome. I love big pizza like that. New York style. Uh, not New York. That. Yeah. It's yeah, floppy yeah. and you got to kind of figure it out, you know? Oh yeah. yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the Chicago style pizza. I feel like I'm eating, you know, lasagna with crust. No. You want me to say something really unpopular? Yeah, hit us with it. Yeah, Clint, Clint's going to be really. He's going to be. He's going to be loving on this one. <laughs> Ooh, Tyler, I'm in Maggie Valley all the time. I've eaten Brick House a thousand times, my friend. We have a house up there. Uh, do you, does Tyler, do you live in Maggie? Cause we're up there literally all the time. We, I know that town inside and out everywhere around it, but yeah, brick house is fantastic. in uh, in Maggie, um, the big New Yorker at pizza hut is actually pretty good. Ooh. Sure. Clint, Clint's going to cancel us for saying that. I'm not a pizza hut. <laughs> I, uh, Tyler's my guy. Yeah, man. I bet y'all are gonna y'all are gonna have to get up and have some pie. <laughs> he lives over at Cherokee. Man, great goodness. He, he that's awesome. Man, Tyler, stick around, brother. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, we'll, we tell stories all day. It's um, one day I'll live up there. That's the plan. That's for sure. We love it up there. All right, Brad is patiently waiting, and he, uh, if I've learned anything over the years. You don't make Brad Crawford wait. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He is not a happy man. So we'll we'll get out of here. We'll be right back with Brad Crawford, 24-7 Sports. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana's Porch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Bryce Stadium will be lit up here in just a couple of weekends. Final hour, Wednesday afternoon, or as they call it, as a little four-year-old told me this morning at school, Hope Day. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're four. Nice work, though. <laughs> Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. and uh, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Again, JC is out. Uh, he's got a meeting in Columbia, then traveling back to Chicago, he will be in tomorrow. But Brad Crawford is in now. He's been kind enough to save the day because Phil and I would get tired of each other for two straight hours. And Brad, uh, Shane Beamer has now already had his first official midweek presser of the year. So it's starting to feel a little bit more like football season, at least, at least here in the Palmetto State. What's up, man? It is. Let me say one thing about the best pizza that I've had. Mm-hmm. Margarita pizza inside Epcot at Via Napoli is exquisite. It's really? cooking yeah, wood burning stoves. The the crust is almost burnt. Normally, I'm not an advocate of theme park food. It's largely disgusting, but that's a must reservation anytime you're in Orlando. The, mar- the margarita, yes, the margarita. P- yes, it is extremely good. I've had it before. Nice, yeah. excellent choice. <laughs> yeah, so. I- that is interesting because I, I I can't I'm not say I'm not saying I'm against it, but I, I I'm not I don't ever think about pineapple first. Like if someone's got it, I'll eat it, but I don't go out of my way to order it. So why is it so good? Well, there's there's no pineapple on this one. No, no, it, no, no. Yeah, it's it's straight up cheese, uh, huge huge tomatoes. The crust is almost blackened, and it's very it's hard to get a reservation there. Like there there's no walking up and going inside and sitting down you you've got to have a plan to to eat there okay all right yeah you said that's at epcot at, at via napoli yep okay mm-hmm. well i uh don't plan on actually ever going to disney world with my children because i'm scared to death to do it so i'll just uh put that on my wife's list of places to eat if she decides to take them no, I'm just there kidding. you go we'll go we'll go <laughs> I, t- I tell you where i'm not going to go because about it Every month for the last three months, you keep getting bad news. Is Carowinds apparently everything's falling apart up there? So, yeah, Fury was it? Was it Fury? Uh, yeah, Fury that was insane. I, I've I've been on that ride like a hundred times, and to see that it's breaking down, I I would not want to be you know the first thousand or so people who get back on that ride. No, no, <laughs> or, no, not even close. 
Yeah, that's right. Pineapple's Hawaiian. Margarita, Hawaiian, whatever. Yeah. Gold, gold jacket, green jacket. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I'm just going to go to Dollywood. Dollywood sounds better. Dollywood's fun, but yeah, get, getting oh. back to your to your Shane Beamer presser question, man. I I think the Gamecocks would love to have another week or two in prep for North Carolina to figure out a few of these position groups that Shane alluded to still have ongoing battles. Offensive line, you're talking about probably three new transfer starters from Charlotte, Western Illinois, and Yale. I mean, none of us on this show would have projected that, you know, eight months ago. So I think it's very interesting that that Shane says quarterback is settled right now, QB1. We know who that is. We know who the top three receivers are. And then, you know, linebackers and, and secondary, everything else pretty much up for grabs. Yeah, it's funny you just said that. Uh, I, I rolled that scenario out yesterday for uh, Phil and yeah. JC when we opened the show. I said, you know, if, if December 31st, after they got beat by Notre Dame, you would have said to somebody, well, let me tell you what, man. Let me tell you about this offensive line. Next year when we get to game one, there's going to be a walk-on left tackle from Charlotte. Yeah. There's going to be a left guard from Yale. And I'll tell you what, you're going to really like this one. Old winless Western Illinois is going to send a right tackle down. They're all going to be starting. You'd be going, oh, my God, we're going to get our brains beat in next season. And, and, and the guy from Yale might be the best player at the position group. All, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's assumed the leadership role. I've gotten a text every day about Nick Gargulo and, and just how good he's been during fall camp. So he's, he's certainly going to start. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty interested in seeing, you know, what that rotation is going to be like up front against not only UNC, but moving forward against Georgia's defensive front and, you know, what looms against Tennessee. Yeah, I think the, um, I think, I think really Brad, I, th- this is an offensive line that I would project is going to get better as long as they stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's going to actually continue to improve. Now, how much is that? And, and what, where, what is the starting line? We're, we're going to have to wait and see, of course, right. we, we understand that. But I, but the key to all this though, really comes down to, to a couple of guys and their names are Spencer Rattler and Dowell Loggins. And, and, um, you know, everybody, players, coaches, you, you, I mean, Brad, you've been doing this a long time, you know, I mean, come on, we're not morons when, when yeah. you ask player about his quarterback he's not gonna go he's he sucks man he, they're not yeah. gonna say that like i get it <laughs> but, but you also have sources and you can match up what you hear publicly versus what you get privately sure. and, and by all stretches of the imagination here at least my understanding is that what spencer rattler his comfort level that words come up a lot comfort mm-hmm. comfort uh, his comfort level with Dow Loggins, the system that he is now running, and what they've been able to collectively put together so far, they they actually feel pretty darn good about. And if there are issues up front, I'm not saying it's going to mask everything, but it certainly can alleviate. I was asked by a user recently on the Big Spur board how the Gamecocks should attack offensively this season. I said 65-35 in terms of pass versus run. You know, I was one of the ones convinced that Spencer Rattler – could have a 4,000-yard passing season if he's given the opportunity with this group of wideouts. I, I think the wide receiver room, Shane kind of mentioned it, it's pretty deep, fellas. I mean, there's three really good wide receivers and then three others, including a five-star who's still learning the position who could see the field this season. So, yep. you know, that that said, if defenses are able to drop eight in the coverage and the game costs can't run the ball, then that's going to spell trouble. So there's got to be some semblance of balance there, but – I, I really think Rattler, if he's improved as much over these last eight to nine months 
as his teammates and Dow Loggins have said, then he could be one of the SEC's best quarterbacks. And I'm interested in seeing if he can finally show it on the field and not have a, you know, three quarters of the season where, where he's missing guys over the middle. Yeah. I, I, I 65, 35, that's an interesting number. Um, because I shoot, uh, how far do you have to go back to remember a season that was like that? Maybe 20, 2014, maybe Dylan Thompson. I don't yeah, know. But I don't, yeah. I don't, Brad, I, he threw for a lot of yards, but I don't think that he threw it 65% of the time. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they ran the football well. He didn't have a ton of 40 passing attempt games. You're right. No. Yeah. I, I, I think you probably have to go back maybe to the, I don't even know the Tannehill era. That that one year where they really flung it around. What was that? Ninety was that ninety four, ninety three? Kind of a fun and gun type offense. Yeah, yeah. ninety five maybe somewhere in there. I'm not sure, but it, it, it would. But I mean, but that comes when you have that conversation though, uh, Brad. I mean, you got an NFL offensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator now. I mean, sure. that's what he is. If he's been that for the last decade, except for what was it last year? Last year, two years or whatever it is. So so. We've seen offenses evolve, and yes. what you're describing, let's say that it is that. Let's say it's 60-40, 65-35. That, that, though, does not mean that you're just seeing him just rear back and fling it downfield like a lot of those Florida teams did under Spurrier. No, the, the Spurrier-Florida teams had a bunch of four-wide, five-wide sets, maybe single back. That, that's something that we haven't seen South Carolina run a, a whole lot, really, in, in program history. But I'm talking about, you know, a, a tempo-based offense, a lot of short stuff for Rattler, and the fact that if this offensive line is is not a bunch of road graders who can just push the opposition off the line of scrimmage, you're going to have to get it out quickly. You know, you're you're going to have to get the ball to Marion Brown fast and ju- juice on these slot crosses and the, these type of short routes that they like to run. So, I know Rattler has one of the best arms in the SEC. Accuracy at times last season was an issue. But look, he has said all offseason that he's comfortable. He he feels good in the huddle, and his teammates have said the same. I don't remember his teammates saying that heading into his first season at South Carolina. Maybe maybe they did, but a lot of them were, I guess you could say, not on the same page under the previous OC. I think to that right. point, too, Brad, is what you know we're kind of hearing is that he he is like even the players have hinted at how his accuracy has been in preseason. Yeah. And then, you know, heading into this, I think we all kind of assumed that it would be one of those, you know, you're going to, you're going to throw to open up the run. Uh, and if you're, if you're giving him high percentage throws with a, a competent play caller, then I mean, I don't see where 65 35 wouldn't mean success for South Carolina this year. And if juice is healthy, then you've got a guy who's going to get 10 to 12 targets a game. Let, let, let's say he catches seven or eight balls, knowing how good he is at yard depth of the catch, that's going to be a lot of passing yards for Spencer Rattler. And I think there's going to be some situations, fellas, where if the run is stemmied on early downs, then you're going to see Rattler in the shotgun with multiple wide receivers throwing downfield. Too many times last season, in my opinion, on third and short situations, the Gamecocks just you know ran an inside zone or, or a counter and just got stuffed. I think a lot of times this fall on third and three, third and four, you're going to see Dowell Loggins throw the football more than try to run it up there with DK and Juju. And you got safety valves as well because you got mm-hmm. guys named Simon and Knox that are in there. And I mentioned this. I don't know if you were – I mean, you're pretty busy this time of year, so I'm not sure you are just sitting around watching our show, you know, a little while ago. But I mentioned to, to – 
to Phil, uh, listening to Shane yesterday, um, it felt much more like he was, comp- I'm, by the way, I'm a, this is, I'm not singling out Trey Knox because I am like the biggest believer of Josh Simon that there is in this state. I've, I've said that since February. I, I absolutely love this kid, but Trey Knox, there's, there's been in the off season, the comparisons to, can he be what, uh, not running the football, but the athlete, the tight end that maybe Jaheim Bell was compared, just comparing them athletically. I think he's more based on what Shane says compared to Nate Atkins because Nate Atkins at the end of the year proved he could, he could catch the football. Probably the large majority of that staff knew he could catch it prior to them deciding to throw it to him the last couple of games of the season, but you hear what I'm saying. But what we always knew about Nate Atkins is he could do everything well without the ball in his hands. We've known about Trey Knox, the pass catcher, but Shane has really gone out of his way to compliment him as the overall well-rounded tight end. I don't think that's something that they had in Jaheim Bell. I think you're right. Part of the reason we saw JB last season, there were five or six games before Jaheim got moved to running back where he didn't play a ton of snaps because in in rundown situations, he wasn't on the field. He's not interested in blocking. And I think Florida State knows that. That's why he's going to be used in that, you know, hybrid type, type, type role this season. I think with Trey Knox, I, I spoke to one of our Arkansas insiders several times after the Gamecocks signed him, talked to him again at SEC Media Days. And he said Knox is a guy that when the ball's thrown in his direction, good things happen. And at, at Arkansas, you know, he, he had a couple really nice games when Kendall Bryles decided to more so involve Trey Knox, you know, week to week in that game plan. So Knox is going to be the starter. I, I think him and Simon are going to both get a number of opportunities this season. In South Carolina, as of August 23rd, has upgraded at the tight end position, I think, based on what we saw last year. And, you know, coming out of last season, after losing so many guys to the portal graduation eligibility, I didn't think that would be the case. All right, Brad, let's talk about the game next week for a second here. Um, Shane says that uh, pretty much everybody that came up yesterday is going to be ready to go. And I believe him. You know, I think that they're they're going to be pretty healthy for the for the game, as healthy as you can be. Right. What about what about North Carolina? Start with uh, if you if there are any updates with Tez Walker. I've seen rumors that they're second. They lost fifteen players to the portal on defense. I did. I have not done a ton of research on that just yet, Brad. I have no clue how many of those guys were expected to be major contributors this year. Um, I don't know about the guys that they brought in the portal. Uh, if if you if you have information, can you kind of fill in the gaps there for us to know what South Carolina is going to see next week in Charlotte? Yeah, just to start off with the, the Tez Walker stuff, I was told last week by two UNC sources that they were confident the NCAA would rule in Tez Walker's favor this week, and they'd hear something. So you know, fast forward to yesterday, Mac Brown kind of stoked the fire. He called out the NCAA's new president to make a decision one way or another. Like him and Chip Lindsey, his new OC. They're, they're ready to either include Tez in this game plan for South Carolina or, you know, put him off to the side and get somebody else in there for more reps. I would say UNC is in a bit of a panic right now the closer we get to kickoff without an answer from the NCAA. Shane Beamer told Brandon Marcello, one of our national analysts, this morning that he hopes Tez Walker plays. And I agree with him. I, I think he should be eligible based on the information that we have about his transfer. Now, whether he plays – I don't know whether Juice Wells plays. I'm not sure either. We're, we're going just by what Shane said yesterday. Shane said that Juice is going to play and, and he's ready to go. So so we'll see. But 
getting getting back to UNC's depth. They're very good at defensive. Hold, hold on, just hold on, yeah. just a second. Let, let me let me pause you real quick. I, I need to. I I shouldn't have done that. Let, let me follow up real quick on this Tez Walker. What what is does it North Carolina have any indication of what the hangup is? Because my understanding is when they changed the rule, they changed the rule after his transfer was approved. A couple so of days. What, okay, right. so what what are they looking at? Do we do we know? None of my sources really know what the NCAA is is going to do one way or the other. The, do the, we ever the two know? Guys, I mean, the, the two guys at UNC I spoke to said that they're confident that NCAA is going to rule in their favor. They're trying to determine whether or not that year or, I guess, four months at North Carolina Central counts against his eligibility. He played in the spring game at that program but didn't play in an actual game. There, There's a lot of uh, – Weird things happening right now. FSU's waiting on an answer. I spoke to a father of a player at Arizona State who his transfer waiver request was denied last week, and his his family's all up in arms. So NCAA is kind of picking and choosing right now who to deem eligible and who to you know deny. So I think in in UNC's case, obviously Tez is going to be one of their top playmakers this season, and if he can't play, then you can probably take you know five to six hundred yards off of Drake May's season total yeah they there was a um and i don't know where i saw this but somewhere that apparently this this young man the walker kid uh, again according to his transfer yeah the information that's available with the transfer he won't you know i guess he's got some family things wanted to be close to home but i guess there's also some type of information or rumor out there that he had taken an official visit to another school um, and I can't remember what the what school that was. I want to say Rutgers, but I don't know if that's true or not. So, uh, you know, I could understand why there could be a the perception that you know this is just all hogwash in his in his transfer forms. Yeah. But you're getting down to the brass tacks of this here, though. Is what is the NCAA's rule? Who gives a you know what about where he did or didn't visit? There's nothing that says if you're planning to transfer that you can't visit any schools, that's not the point. The point is, you know, why is he coming home and when was that rule enacted? So that's where I understand those that might say, well, he visited another school. So that makes anything he put in the transfer papers that makes it a lie. Well, th that doesn't really matter. What, what matters is the rule here and the rule apparently based on what they changed after they'd already approved it should allow him to play football for them. And and it's more or less a, a family hardship waiver, as you mentioned, JB. I mean, he's right. he's told several media outlets that his grandmother and mother have spoken on the record about how much he's helped them since he's been locally. That's why he chose UNC ultimately. But yeah, I've I've read also that there were other schools outside of the state of North Carolina who were interested that he was interested in as well. Now that would kind of contradict what he has said about it being a family issue. So NCAA has a decision to make. I do think UNC is going to hear something by the end of this week because, I mean, next week is game prep and then it's on. Yeah, let's let's be honest. You know, if you're a South Carolina fan, uh, you, you want to beat North Carolina, but, you know, for the sake of college football, having Tez Walker and Juice Wells in this game, that that right. that matters. And, you know, dang well, ABC and those guys are, are wanting that as well. Okay, all right, back to where we were at. This, start with the secondary uh, for North Carolina, I know they lost some guys, and I know they've been a little banged up. Yeah, they have uh, two starters back, two guys left for the portal, a, a fifth guy who was going to 
play a lot of nickel for them. I, I believe he's out for the year, or at least he's out for the first uh, half of the season. He got nicked up during fall camp. So they're, they're a little bit thin back there. All of their linebackers are veteran returning starters. I think that's their best position group. I don't think the Gamecocks are going to have a ton of success running the football in that game. So, you know, all the hype and the month-long buildup between Rattler versus Drake May, I, I very much think this could be a high-scoring game between two new um, offensive coordinators who are going to try to chuck the ball downfield. If, if South Carolina is successful, though, in running the football, based on what yeah. you know about the Tar Heels defense, what would that tell you about Carolina's offense? I think the offensive line would be better than all of us expect early in the season, which is a good sign once you get past firm and going to Athens. Because ultimately, that's that's the Gamecocks' toughest test, not only of September, but the season. You know, not not only should the offensive line try and play well in that season opener and in the home opener the week after that, but then you go to Georgia, guys, where there's five to seven guys on that D-line who are either going to be picked in the 2024 NFL draft or drafts after that. So you're going to really see if this South Carolina offensive line can move anybody in week three. And week one should give us a pretty good uh, glimpse into that room as to who the Gamecock staff really likes at those five spots. Okay, so Chip Lindsey's calling the plays now in Chapel Hill, and this is like his sixth or seventh different location in the last six or seven years, if my math serves me correct here, uh, Brad. what uh, Have you learned anything about his offense, what he has installed and is in the middle of installing uh, with Drake May at quarterback versus what system Drake played in prior to with Phil Longo? Yeah, I'm not buying the Drake May Heisman hype only because I have UNC finishing seven and five based on the schedule, based on, you know, games like the Gamecocks where that that's a complete toss up. I don't, I don't see Drake may having, you know, a 4,500 yard to 5,000 yard season because Chip Lindsay's offense is, is more of a balanced attack. If, if he goes true Gus Malzahn, like he's done the last few years at UCF, then you're going to see UNC running backs get a lot of carries and Drake may led UNC last season in rushing yards. So, so May's going to run the ball a little bit too. Now, if I'm in May's camp, I'm telling Chip, you know, take it easy on on calling these keepers for me this season because I'm I'm trying to go top five next year and I and I'm not trying to get hurt. So, I think you're going to see a more or less balanced attack, maybe even uh, run heavier than what we saw under the air raid with Phil Longo. I still think this UNC offense is one of the uh, best offenses the Gamecocks will play this season probably behind Georgia, Tennessee, maybe one other one. But, um, yeah, Drake May's not going to have some 45-touchdown, 5,000-yard season because that's not the way Chip Lindsey's offense likes to operate. It, is, is, it, is this fair? In this state, I'm going to make a statement. Is this fair? If <laughs> South Carolina – I don't. I, the word stop, Brad, shouldn't really be used anymore. Offense is different. But yeah. if they slow or minimize – there you go. The run of North Carolina. If they minimize the run of North Carolina, the run game, and, and make them throw the football as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Uh, they have a really good chance to win. I like Marcellus Dial and O'Donnell Fortune against UNC's top two receivers, especially if Tez Walker is not in the starting lineup. I think the Gamecock secondary is more talented than what UNC has in that receiver room minus Tez Walker. And and I do – you know, th this is a defense, guys, that didn't give up a ton of explosive plays last season in in the passing game. 
And Drake May was one of the best deep ball throwers in college football. But again, he goes from Phil Longo to Chip Lindsey. Are they going to still, you know, take those shots at a second level? We we don't know. Um, Gamecock's pass rush is going to be very important in that game for me. We're going to see the first few possessions for UNC, what the Tar Heels are able to do. And if the edge guys for South Carolina or, or the interior players can't get any pressure on, on Drake May and he has all day, then he's the kind of quarterback who with precise accuracy can, can, can pick you apart. But I do like Gamecock's corners and those two-star safeties, DQ Smith, Nicky Minwari, against what UNC is bringing to the table. Carolina's got a better linebacking, best linebacker quarter they've had in a while as well. Uh, yep. you, you mentioned the court. I'm with you. I uh, had the chance to to spend a, a bunch of time around both O'Donnell Fortune and Marcellus Dial. Those, those are pretty neat dudes. Marcellus, he's he's a, he's a good kid. He's a, he's a funny kid too. Matter of fact, Brad, I said, I asked the little kid, how many picks do you think Marcellus will have this year? And he said three. And Marcellus said, three? I'm going to have that many against Georgia. I'll have at least five. Yeah, I say five. Um, yeah, five, five, five is my over under too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a neat moment to watch those two exchange as he signed some autographs. But I'll, I'll ask you this about the secondary. Carolina has a history of producing top tier secondary uh, players that make their way into the NFL. And when you look at this group here, you look at Marcellus, you look at O'Donnell, um, you look at DQ, and you look at Nicky Mawari, who somehow just got left off of three teams that the coaches picked for. All SEC preseason. He was an All American last year. Not on that. Yeah. Um, you look at that group that they returned. They're all South Carolinians. They all mesh pretty well. How do, how do you? We've seen a lot of good ones. How do you summarize that group? Or what is your excitement level for this secondary? So me and JC had discussion in the spring, and he kind of asked me, you know, of the players I've covered in my career, who would I compare Nick Eman Worry to? And I I remember Mark Barron, All American safety at Alabama. He hits as hard as Mark Barron does. He's a he's a ball hawk. He, I mean, just plays with reckless abandon when the ball's in the air. And early in his career last year as a freshman, he was more of the, you know, run stopper type. He didn't take as many chances in the secondary. I think Nick's going to have a superstar type season for the Gamecocks. And then Marcellus Dial, you know, we, we talked about him. He's a guy that has shown up on just dozens of text messages I've received during, during fall practice about, man, th- this guy looks like a future – NFL cornerback. And the same things were said about Cam Smith and Stephon Gilmore, some of the great corners the Gamecocks have had. Marcellus Dial, he was targeted a lot last season early, but during the second half of the season, especially Clemson, I think he gave up one catch and like 11 targets thrown in his direction. So I don't I don't think teams are going to pick on Marcellus as much as they did last fall. I'm with That's you. why I'm taking I, the under I, on his interceptions because I think it's going to be real early in the season that teams are going to be like, just don't throw that guy. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, you lost that well, receiver. Just. I ho- hopefully they hopefully it's it's you know trial by uh, by error. You know where they where they they figure that out after game yeah. one. And go damn, he picked Dre Makeoff twice in that ball game. We're not going to throw it to him anymore. All right, uh, his three Brad, picks at Georgia will send a shockwave, and everybody will stop throwing to him. Yeah, Izzy, Izzy got drafted because of that game. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great point. I'll never forget. I will never forget that game that he had one of. The, I still can't believe all that happened. All right, Brad, uh, we'll, we'll let you run on this one. We're just switching it, switching gears and getting on the the national side of things. It is week zero college football. Regardless of what you think about the weekend schedule. Doesn't matter. It's back. Navy and Notre Dame will lead it off at two thirty. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, a, a returning Heisman Trophy winner playing at uh, 8 o'clock on the Pac-12 network. Who the hell watched that? I don't know. I don't think I can. But um, but with it, it, what what are you most paying attention to this weekend? And, and this is probably the third time I've asked this question uh, this week in three days, but I'm gonna, you haven't been here for the last two days, so I'm going to ask you as well. What will it take? Or what is the likelihood in the first month of the season that Sam Hartman could get his name right into the thick of it for the Heisman Trophy? So so speaking of Sam Hartman, yeah, he's he's gonna play Ohio State early this season. He's gonna play Clemson, and there and he plays USC head to head with Caleb Williams. I'm interested on Saturday in seeing how he does against a Navy team that probably gives Notre Dame what four possessions a half. So Sam Hartman's gonna have to play well. This is his first time in five years not playing in that zone mesh type offense that Wake Forest runs. I think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's going to show it this season. Right now, I'd put him in that probably second tier of of top-tier quarterbacks in college football, but I'm going to watch him Saturday. And then there's a five-star true freshman wide receiver at USC in the nightcap named Zachariah Branch. I think he's yeah. going to be one of the best players in college football this fall. Every Everything coming out of L.A. from, from him is like, he could be a thousand yard guy as a true freshman. All right. And uh, you're going to be tuned into UMass and New Mexico State at seven on ESPN as well. I will not be watching that one. You know, I've, I've got a baby due this weekend, too. I might not be watching any games. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's my dude. speculation. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Savannah's yeah. Savannah's due like any day. So now we're, we're like dude. praying that it comes before September 2nd. You know, we're just waiting. Yeah, right. it yeah. will. Yeah, look, God's good to the Gamecocks, you know? I mean, he knows when they play. It's plenty it's, of time. It's yeah, yeah. Y'all y'all, y'all did this perfectly. Yeah, hey, man, baby's got to be born on week zero. No problem. We get we got you taken care of. Uh, that's awesome. Well, look, we'll continue to uh to to monitor uh you and your family because that is the big news of the week, truly. And uh can't Appreciate wait it. for for all of you to Oh, the newborn stage. Brad, you're a better man than I. Well, thank you, man. Uh, Enjoy all of it, and uh, congratulations to you and your wife and your family and prayers with you over the next few days for a safe delivery. And uh, next week, Carolina kicks off. This is going to be a good good time of the year for the Crawford family. JB, Phil, thank you guys, and we'll uh, talk soon. You got it. There you go, Brad Crawford, 247sports.com. He's got a busy day. Uh, he, I think he's already been on a couple of shows. And I think maybe he might have one or two more a little bit later on uh, as well. Good stuff there from uh, Brad Crawford. All right, it is time to step aside because we should have done that 13 minutes ago, but we weren't going to cut him short. No way. Nope. Jose. Painted garnet black by a couple of painters. It's letmepaintsomething.com. I had to call Tristan yesterday because I'm the moron that decided to paint my 600-square-foot concrete patio and not hire a couple of painters. They're going to paint the inside, so I figured I wouldn't make them make two trips. And then, naturally, I did it, and I said, I have no idea what I'm doing here because I don't know whether I should seal this and not seal this or whatever. So Tristan walked me through it, thank God, and he didn't charge me for the free advice. I hope he sent you a voicemail a couple of times for not calling him first. (laughs) <laughs> no i told him i was yeah. like look man i i need you look, to come do the big job uh, yeah. like, <laughs> i thought i could handle this but i'm pretty sure i got tennis elbow from 
rolling the whole thing. But it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But I should have called him and uh, because they're much better at it than I ever dreamed of being. They are the best of the best. And I know they're – if you need something painted, let's just put it this way. Don't say, well, let me just wait and call these guys. And then, no, go ahead and call them. They are busy. They're booked a few weeks out. Uh, it's not going to be overnight. And football's coming, so you're probably thinking about man cave plans and things like that. Maybe you're buying a, a shed. You're going to make a little man cave in the backyard or something, and you want to do the white and garnet and black walls even potentially, and you put all your Carolina stuff up. They can make that look really good, but you got to call them and get on the list. Let me paint something.com 803-522-6832. He did tell me that they are about to hire somebody. Uh, but if you're still interested or someone you know is still interested in working for them, you can still reach out and they'll put you on the list, probably interview you. And um, and I don't know what'll happen from there, but make sure you you check them out first. We will step aside and be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana Sports has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. Thanks again to Brad Crawford of 24-7. Only fitting that we have him on our 247th episode today. Oh! Today is the 24-7 episode. And of course, JC's not here. (laughs) No. (laughs) You did, you, you, you did, you just, you timed that. That's not a coincidence. That's, that's the mastermind of Mad Dog. You just happened to, you know, pull in and, and, you know, fate brought me a yes from uh the guy that it would it would coordinate with <laughs> thanks brad we appreciate you being available on short notice too brad crawford thank you very much uh what is tomorrow thursday uh we have uh, perry tomorrow and power hour with mike morgan as well as well so um the well, full be- what blind squirrel asks in the chat box real quick here jb this is something I get laughed at for, you know, even considering. What did now, he say? I like I like Squirrel. Yeah, I do too. I do too. So Blind Squirrel is oh. playing two cupcake teams prior to hosting South Carolina, a competitive disadvantage for Georgia. If iron sharpens iron, my dogs don't benefit from a lot of the games on their schedule. No, they're they're not. <laughs> yeah, I, here's the thing. I mean, I even said it last year heading into Georgia. I was like, man, South Carolina's got a shot, you know, just because it's you got a new defense you're trying to put together after losing all those draft picks and, and you haven't played anybody leading into this game, really, other than, you know, that Oregon team that they just rolled. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know, Blind Squirrel, it's going to be a – it'll be a fight down there in Athens. But we've seen some pretty good daytime fights down in Athens. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's with kinda, some underrated teams. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we just talked about one a minute ago in 2019. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I think that um, so that's an interesting question because I I, I think that in a perfect world, first of all, you got to take in the ge- generally, generally speaking, not necessarily always speaking. Uh, Georgia's on a different level right now, so you know when they play in Athens. Uh, being at home versus being away isn't as big of a difference because they are just so good. But for most programs, it, being able to play at home would um, would mean a little bit more. So, okay, here, for instance, let, let's flip that question and ask it about South Carolina. If the Gamecocks were playing two cupcakes and then welcoming Georgia to Williams-Brice Stadium, you would uh, feel like they have been able to find a groove. And now they have one of these big, you know, the big dogs walking into into the ballpark. Uh, if you play a couple of cupcakes and then you go on the road, you don't feel like you're totally prepared for it. So it's a perception thing, right? So I, I think I think in a in a in a perfect world, if it's a game three, per his question here. You have a game to kind of get yourself, get all the kinks worked out where nothing can cost you a ball game. You might have some issues, but you're 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 going to beat them. They're not any good, and you can go in there and you can make some mistakes, but you'll learn from it. And and you didn't lose the game because of those mistakes. And then the next week, that that competition ramps up a little bit, and you play somebody a little bit better, maybe a you know middle of the road type program. And then you get into the big game. So I, I think it really all comes down to perception and, and just how good you are. I mean, look, if 
if you're Vanderbilt, you, you'd rather probably open the season with a couple of cupcakes like they're doing and get some confidence. But, you know, with Georgia, you know, beating the crap out of a couple of teams when you've got 115 five-star players on your roster doesn't really do a whole lot for those guys. No, so you I think they're going to try out second, third, fourth team in those first couple of weeks, you know. So, yeah. Maybe your first team's not going to be conditioned to play a full game that South Carolina gives you one. <laughs> yeah. One <can> only hope. <laughs> uh, Jeremy asks, can y'all not get the Go Tigers off the end of the Nana Sports commercial? That should be outlawed for any game cut show. Well, so that's – that's uh, that it was a the, – that's the strangest spot I've ever had in 10 years. JC made that on his own, and that is Ed Orgeron as for the LSU – Tigers, but um, we'll probably make sure that that's not playing by next fall when South Carolina plays LSU. <laughs> yeah, but I hear, I hear you. I get the point. Got it. Got it. Yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, somebody. Uh, Somebody is somebody heading to Athens. Yeah, I mean it does have an. I saw I saw the comment from Quantrell about the bar scene. Just don't jaywalk, which is true. Yeah, I've, Athens is. I don't go there anymore. I have no desire to. Uh, but um, it's a pretty pretty fun place. That's that's for sure. Um. All right, uh, Phil, the entire slate uh, this weekend, as we've pointed out a thousand times, Navy and Notre Dame at 2.30, followed by UTEP and Jacksonville State at 5.30. By the way, Sacramento plays Jacksonville State this year, so that might be worthy of some folks cutting that game on. By the way, that, that the if, you, or if you're just interested in watching like a good college football game, the line in that game is even. It's kind of a heads up there. Oh, yeah. So they're yeah. expecting something competitive. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's and that's good. a conference USA. That's a conference game, yeah. conference USA between UTEP and Jacksonville State. So actually, when you when you look at the whole slate of games this coming Saturday, that that might be the best one on TV at five thirty on the CBS Sports Network. Again, if you're just interested in watching good football, um, at uh, seven o'clock on ESPN, you've got UMass and and New Mexico State from Las Cruces, uh, Aggie Memorial Stadium. All right. Uh, you got Ohio and San Diego State at seven o'clock on Fox Sports One. That's from Snapdragon Stadium. What is Snapdragon? Snapdragon. It's a it's a flower, isn't it? Snapdragons are flowers. Am I right? Somebody let me know in the box. We all know. Was that what they named the ballpark after, or is that a company? Oh, you know what? It probably is a company, but who knows? Yeah, because I see that now. Stadium. Hold on, I'm on it. Let's see. Snapdragon. <laughs> All right. Uh, San Diego State's last-ditch effort to create a Power 5 league with the four remaining Pac-4 teams seems to have fallen through, so uh, they'll continue to open the year as part of the Mountain West. But they got Ohio, the Bobcats. It's a two-point spread that game. Could be interesting as well. Hawaii and Vandy that night. I will be watching that game. And um, Nashville, Tennessee will have Vanderbilt, who I think is going to go to a bowl this year, but that stadium also only seating what twenty seven thousand people. Um, Hawaii is not any good; they're terrible. And what they're uh, who only knows what 
some of the families of of that football program have been going through with these wildfires. I mean, I can't imagine that that there aren't members of the program who don't have people who've been greatly affected by what's happened out there. So in addition to the fact that Hawaii just isn't good, they're they're probably going to have some guys with with their brains not in Nashville. Not in Nashville. I will also say this though, uh, I can't imagine that Hawaii is fi- flying the Warriors uh, into town on uh, Friday morning and then jetting them out after the game on Saturday evening, which is generally what happens no matter what time you end on Saturday night. Even if it takes flying out at two, three in the morning to go home, you do it. So I, I'm, I'm, I feel my my guess is especially with the time zone difference and this, that, and the other, they're, they're, they probably are already in town in Nashville, and they'll probably be departing on Sunday. Uh, so if you happen to be in Nashville over the next 48 hours, I would uh, be interested to know if any of you see some Hawaiian dancing on the streets because I would imagine that that group of football players is going to, at some point in time, venture their way downtown Nashville, and that seems like it could be a little bit of a, a chaotic scene. <laughs> Uh, with the, <laughs> the Hawaiian football program, and um, yeah, especially if they win in Nashville. <laughs> well, now that yeah, would be a chaotic really scene. celebrating. Well, look, if they beat Vandy, <laughs> yeah. I'm the biggest moron. Now look in the at world. how dirty they got done on the schedule, though. Hawaii, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And Hawaii, though, they got to turn right back around and host Stanford on yeah. Friday. They don't even get a full week. For coming, you know, all the way across the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're Hawaii, I mean, you, I thought that you know back when, you know, like Timmy Chang and uh, what was the other guy's name? The other dude that threw for forty thousand oh, yards. Yeah, what was that kid's name? Oh man, what was that cat's name? Uh, I could see him. Um. Shoot, man. Colt Brennan. There you go, Clint. Colt Brennan. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were respectable back then. Yeah. Shoot, I think they climbed all the way up to like second in the AP poll in one of those years, right? Did they really? No. Yeah, Georgia coming in and beating them as an underdog in a bowl game. Wow. Man. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's what I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know. I un, I understand that, um, that, you know, they play in the Mountain West. There There is no close trip for them. Like, it doesn't matter. There is no close trip. Everywhere they go, they have to fly. And But you would still like to think that they would be better. Like, I have a chance to play, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're an elite player from – anywhere along the west coast i've got a chance to live for four years without having to pay for it in hawaii mm. that's pretty neat you know yeah. if you think about it i mean Hawaii's expensive man and but they just they 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 just suck they suck every year yeah they're gonna not only are they playing stanford a couple of weeks after that they gotta go to oregon dude think about it they go to nashville tennessee Eugene, Oregon, Vegas. Wait, they go to Nashville and Vegas in the same year. How can they not recruit? I know. <laughs> you get to play in Hawaii. Not to mention, hey man, we're gonna go to Nashville. 
Seattle and Vegas. Oh my God. They got to go to New Mexico. They got to go to Nevada. And then, and, and, you know, and here's the thing in November 18th, they've got to go to Wyoming. Well, I've been to Laramie, Wyoming in the winter. It ain't warm and it's high elevation. So that's just a tough draw for, for the, uh, I keep wanting to call them the, the rainbows, but the rainbow warriors, uh, in, in November. Anyways, why are we still, why are we, why are we talking about Hawaii? Yeah, well, cause they're, you know, <laughs> they're playing against the one SEC team who's oh, firing right. it up this weekend, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, I, I just, I JC'd the whole show. All right. San Jose State and Southern Cal at eight on the Pac 12 network and then the nightcap, nine o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Florida International, Louisiana Tech. That's another conference USA conference game. La Tech, they are 11 point favorites in that one so that is the saturday slate and remember uh the following thursday is the uh the first day of opening weekend or week one if you will and that is headlined by florida at utah at eight o'clock on espn but don't forget on fox that night you've also got nebraska at minnesota uh so a couple of uh, a couple of interesting bowl games to watch there so it won't be much of a turnaround until we get into quote unquote the real football season uh, no shocker with Lance. He's just ready to drink and watch football. Yeah, we understand that. All right. Lance, uh, let's go. That's right. Final time out of the afternoon. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
this crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. Their fighting game cocks are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the raid breaks down in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Can't wait. We're almost there, man. The wait is almost over. Yeah. Good to see real football this week for what that's worth. But next week <laughs> is going to be a good time. Yeah. Certainly, uh, certainly cannot wait to, uh, certainly cannot wait, uh, for everything involved. And our, um, if you are planning to be at the tailgate next Saturday, it just got spiced up a little bit. We'll have to tell you about that later on this week. Yeah, we got some big stuff coming. Up matter matter of fact, it, there's. Yeah, yeah, I I'll just say here you go. I hate it when people do this to me, so I'm going to do it to every <laughs> freaking one of you. Uh, if you're coming to the tailgate on Saturday next Saturday, if you have a ticket, don't be trying to sneak in. They will catch you because they're digital. Uh, if you are coming, you're going to be surprised by a couple of things. Matter of fact, that's yeah, all sorts of, yeah, couple of people. It's, it's a fluid situation, let's say, for the tailgate, and 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 yeah, and all yeah. of the, the fluidity is is good stuff. Good stuff. You if you you don't want to miss this if you can be there. <laughs> if you bought your ticket, if you thought, nah, you know, I'm not going to go and whatever. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, this okay. Just leave that there. Somebody's got a wedding planned. You just need to, you know, get sick. That's right. <laughs> Show up, Charlotte. That's Clint, right. there will be parking near the tailgate spot. There's parking all around that area. Um, and I would think as early as it gets cranked up, it probably should. You probably shouldn't have to be too far. You probably split the difference between the tailgate and the stadium bring, pretty well. Bring your chairs. Yeah, and bring chairs. Yeah, bring your chairs. Um, they're not providing a, as far as I know, JC's not going to be putting out chairs for everybody and neither am I. So no, and I'm only bringing enough for myself. <laughs> That's right. Well, I actually I thought I'll even have one for her. So I'm not that cold hearted. <laughs> like I know that, you know, I obviously Phil can have a parking spot in there, but I've, of course, as y'all know, chosen not to because we're staying right there, so we're just walking over. Um, but um, I almost wondered if I should just put my truck in there so I could have kind of a home base, but that would require me moving it after the game, and I don't want to do that. I'm biting the bullet, I mean, you know, for everybody on that one, yeah, because we're bringing up a third person now, so we'll have the we'll have the uh, the old family truckster with us that has plenty of room for. The old Bring family things. truck. The old family truck. You think you hate it now? Wait till you drive uh, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made it made pretty good time. Uh, big wash. How to get a ticket? For the, it is sold out, my man. It is sold out. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunately, brother. It's uh, they they have been promoted 
for the last month. And if you did not get one, uh, sorry, maybe, maybe the next time that we, we can do something like this, but yeah, if you're a TBS member, maybe you could hit the message boards to see if somebody has a conflict and can't come, but that's the only way to get in there now. That is correct. By the way, Dow Loggins today saying as of now, he's planning to call the game from the press box. Oh. So there you go. Okay. There oh, what was it there? D-Lo, what Juju called him. D-Lo. 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 Love it. Yeah, man. Uh, Perry Orth and uh, who's that other guy? Oh, Mike Morgan. They'll be here. Oh tomorrow. yeah, somebody named Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Michael, power out Thursday. Michael Morgan. <laughs> Michael Morgan. <laughs> thanks to Brad Crawford for joining us in hour number one, and as always, thanks to the great Mad Dog Mullinax. Make sure you've downloaded the Chief Sports app. If you've not then you are put on restriction. You cannot watch or listen to our show anymore. Put you we'll in find out. you. Phil will block you. Make sure that you download the app. Make sure that you download the app. And make sure you share it. We need that as well. For Phil, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndoco, part of the Chief Sports Network.